Podcasting from Phoenix, Arizona, the home of year-round flip-flops, the nation's largest city park, and Cactus League spring training. This is The Saver and the Spender, a weekly podcast about budgeting and money habits from both perspectives. And now, here are your hosts, The Saver and financial coach, Kelsa Dickey, and her husband, The Spender, Michael Dickey. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to The Saver and the Spender podcast. This is episode 19 uh, if you're keeping track. And today we are joined by Max and Beverly. Uh, they are from Andara Senior Lifestyle in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, our last three podcast episodes, we were actually young adult, uh, in our young adult series, we interviewed a couple different young adults and talked about their money habits and um, lessons they've learned after uh, working on their personal finances and coming up with a plan. Uh, but today we have Max and Beverly who uh, are retirees, right? I think uh, so. Part of the greatest generation, we'll call you. Uh, and we're going to talk about your experiences with money and personal finance over the years. Um, so uh, we're broadcasting uh, live on Facebook as well. So if you're listening and watching on Facebook and you have questions for Max and Beverly, please ask away. Um, but first, I want to start with Beverly and just uh, introduce yourself to everybody that's listening, uh, where you're from. Um, if you want to say how old you are, you can, or who was prime minister when, <laughs> when you were born or president, or just tell us about yourself. Okay. My name is Beverly Lewis. Uh, I was born in Toronto, Canada, and um, I was born during Franklin Delano Roosevelt's okay. reign in the middle of the Depression. So um, I'm grateful that um, my parents were able to manage another mouth to feed. I attended the University of Toronto, and married, was, was married for 44 years to a wonderful man, and um, after he passed, um, Peter O'Connor came into my life. He, we'd grown up next door to each other when we were children, and um, he lost his wife, and so the, the end result was we got married, and I joined him in Las Vegas, and then we moved to Scottsdale three years ago. Three years ago. Great. And you've been living in Andara for how long? A year and a half. A year and a half. Okay. Yes. Great. And he passed? He, he passed in February, okay. so. I'm sorry. Um, I was grateful that I was already living in Andara, and uh, that has provided me with good support and, and socialization and so I'm not isolated. Great. And you have lots of friends and community there that yes, you're, yes, you're spend yes. time with and enjoy, yes. right? Good. Excellent. Well, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Next, we have Max. Yes. Please tell us about yourself, Max. Hi. My name is Max Potica, and originally I come from New York. I've been living in Andera just under two years, and I like where I live. I'm very happy. Uh, what should I start with? Well, that's 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 good. How you've been in Arizona for how long? Oh, about fifteen years. Fifteen years. Okay, from from New York yeah, originally. Yeah, I moved here because my daughter is here, and now I have a fourteen-year-old grandson that's going to play basketball for every team in the in the universe. <laughs> and good kid. Anyway, I lived just down from Andera originally, and my daughter found Andera, and I didn't even know it was here. Mm. And uh, when I came in, I saw it. I was very impressed. It's a beautiful place, and I like what we do there. They have everything. I'm pretty active, as much as I can be. And uh, other than that, the rest is history. There you go. Well, how how old? How many years young are you? Uh, or who is pre- who is president? Before Roosevelt. Before Roosevelt, got you. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be 88 next month. Okay, congratulations. Uh, thank you. That's great. And happy about being here. Good. I'm glad you're here. Talking. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting up. Yes. Upright. Right. You woke up on the wrong right side of the ground, right? I tried every day. Good. Good. If you don't, let me know, okay? I leave, I leave my troubles in my room. Good. Good. <laughs> great. So I want to start with Beverly. Um, are, are there any specific lessons that your parents taught you about money? I, I would say <coughs> the most valuable lesson was taught to me by my mother, who uh, was a firm believer that all women should have their own bank accounts. Uh-huh. And um, 
that it was always important to have what she referred to as rainy day money. Mm. So I, my sister and I had bank accounts from birth, and my mother would put money in it on a regular basis. And when my sister and I were old enough to uh, contribute, we would add, add to it. And I think that it was an important lesson. Yeah. Um, is it, was that different for the time? Do you think yes. that was not very common? Yes. Okay. Yes. It was, in fact, it, in the province of Quebec, until the 40s, a woman couldn't have her own bank account really? if she was married. So um, I always felt that my mother was a little bit ahead of her time. Sure. Um, and was she, did she work, too, or was she a homemaker? She worked, <laughs> she worked before she was married, but not after she okay. was married. Um, so Great. That's a great lesson. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. So I continued with that with my ch- children. I They always had bank accounts. And uh, in the early days in Canada, the government used to give what they called uh, a baby bonus. So at the time, uh, I would always deposit that in, the, in their bank accounts. So it adds up over time. Sure. That's great. Well, Max, what about you? Is there a certain lesson that your parents taught you about money? Well, that it, I, I grew up just before Roosevelt. I was born. Okay. Twenty-nine, so that was just before Roosevelt. Yeah. In fact, I saw him one time. Came to our neighborhood in, in New York, and I saw him in an open car waving to everybody. I was a little kid at the time, hmm. but I remember it. Was that when he was in the wheelchair, or was that after? Well, uh, he was before? in the car, so I don't. He was, oh, you don't I didn't know. know about the wheelchair at that time. Gotcha. But anyway. Uh, I uh, grew up in the uh, in in uh, Brooklyn where I was born. Unfortunately, my parents were European, and I the and the education part of it wasn't that emphasized. Mm. So, basically, in those days, the way we grew up, we learned by ourselves. I had a I got two sisters and I had two brothers, and everyone did well, married well, and they did well financially. Great. And I miss everybody. Sure. Were they were they first generation? Were they immigrants? Your no, parents? No, not, not mine. Okay. My brothers just said we all came from here. Okay, but what about your parents? Like were they came. One came from Poland. One came from Austria. Oh wow. Okay. But uh, they were old fashioned, and we did our own thing. I see. Fortunately, I learned a little from my mother, like Beverly, and in school they had a a uh, a program. Every, I think it was Thursday. Every Thursday, you had to bring in a certain amount of money, a quarter, a dime, whatever, and they, and we went to the bank. And really? we made a deposit, we got the receipt, and that was it. Really? And that's how that started with me. Huh. And it was very interesting. That is because interesting. Because when I finished school, I forgot about the money. How <laughs> did you do it? I get a letter. I'm a young adult, and I get a letter. Uh, so-and-so-so, please come to the bank, Roosevelt Savings Bank, <laughs> to be exact, and you have some an account here we'd like to close. So I had several hundred dollars. Whoa! Wow! Interest pays. Wow, yeah. Do you remember how much interest was back then? You have no. To, no? No. I, I'm lucky I remember going to the bank. <laughs> right, it's true. <laughs> they mentioned money, so I went. There you go. That's great. Anyway, it was a, a, it was a good experience. I learned a lot in a lot of different ways. And my mother was, she could make dinner for a, for a dollar for five people. Wow. Those were the days. Yeah. yeah. Everything was fresh. Everything was as you bought it. Mm-hmm. Nothing out of the box. No. No. Nope. So that leads me to my next, my next question. I was going to ask if you learned anything in school about money. So you learned about depositing and savings well, accounts. We learned and... about that. That was part of it. This was grade school. Mm. This, we were young then. Yeah. But uh, I carried through a little bit afterwards. But I still wasn't how would you say, instructed or advised in what really to do. I see. My mother knew what to do, but, you know. So anyway, make a long story short, we got, we got bigger, we got older, we got smarter. My brothers did very well, very nice, and, uh, and the rest is history. The rest is the next story. <laughs> right, great. Beverly, did they, do you learn anything? Uh, not in school. Uh, but I, I do know that um, my my father died when he was 55. Right. And mm. 
So I was 22 and my sister was 29. And normally um, when a man dies, they leave all of their assets to their wife. But apparently my mother, when he wrote his will, had insisted that he leave $1,000 to each of us. And um, so I went to, it's, it's sort of laughable now because um, most investment advisors won't look at you unless, unless you have at least a half a million dollars. Yeah. But there was a large investment house in, in Toronto that had uh, a woman working there, which was unusual at the time. Mm. And um, she agreed to see me. So I went to see her with this fact that I had this $1,000 that I'd inherited. This is in the 50s, so $1,000 was seemed to be a considerable amount yeah, of money at the time. Yeah. And um, she said I should, um, suggested that I should put so much into, in, in those days they had something called Canada Savings Bonds, so a certain amount into Canada Savings Bonds, and then um, there was a, a company that I was sort of interested in, Salada Tea, which was buying another company. And so we invested some of the money there and, and somewhere else. And that was the beginning of uh, my foray into the stock market. Yeah. And that was also a good learning experience uh, for the future. And um, then I, along the way, I took some lessons, um, some courses in what they called investing for women. Oh, wow. And um, because it was more or less a, pretty much a man's game in those days. And uh, so when this course came along, I thought it sounded interesting. So I thought I didn't have a lot of money of my own, but as um, I also knew that I would inherit money from my mother eventually, so I should learn how to manage it. So that was that was the start of my learning to, learning, that's to manage. That's, yeah, and they had that's um, I don't think a lot of schools anymore have courses on personal finance, but let alone when it's a, it's a time where women um, aren't as empowered as they are nowadays to have a that's specific right. course. That's, that's amazing. Yes, yes. Well, the the course was run by a woman, and she. Mm. I guess she was um, enough of a risk taker to um, to start this series of classes, and um, I think she was quite successful. And I certainly felt I learned a lot. Uh, I didn't necessarily need have the money to to use it. A lot of her advice at that time, but eventually I did. So uh, and that those lessons stuck with you. Yes, that education. Yes, Great. Yes. Good. Well, uh, I see um, Jill and James. I don't know if this is Jill or James or both, but they're in Honolulu and they're watching. And um, they ask, so we'll find out in a second, is that James or Jill or both? Uh, do you think today, and Max, we'll start with you, okay? Do you think today some of uh, parents give our children too much without helping them understand what came behind being able to, is James, James, he says aloha. Um, <laughs> uh, without understanding what came behind being able to get those things, uh, so the hours of work and sacrifice. Do you, th do you think the children today are a little entitled or they don't understand what work ethic is? Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. If, first of all, a lot of these young people make money fast early. They don't have that much experience or so mm -hmm. on. And it's easy, easy money, fast, and too young, mm -hmm. and they don't know what they're doing. Right. I'm not saying I knew what I was doing when I was young. I disagree with that. You but... No, see, but you, they had you for a mom. <laughs> uh, remember that, right? I'm, I'm not it, thinking of my children, I'm thinking of my grandchildren. Oh, well, tell, uh, us about, tell us why you think that. What's, tell us about your grandchildren. Well, I, I, uh, I have five grandchildren, and the two older ones, twins, are, are adults, and they're both um, gainfully employed. Um, and uh, then I have three younger grandchildren. The oldest is uh, 17. And um, she um, works part-time uh, waiting tables in a, a restaurant. She 
is having a good education. She goes to a private school, but she still um, is contributing to her um, her personal lifestyle by having a part-time job. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> the middle middle one all does babysitting. So I I feel that they're both learning to uh, stand on their own feet and. Um, contribute to their own lifestyles. Good. Do you think that's uh, an exception to the rule nowadays? Do you think that's rare to nowadays? Um, I'm not really sure, mm. uh, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. I, I just know that um, my son and his wife both uh, worked when they were teenagers and uh, at university, and I, they sort of expected of their children. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think Max is right that they had you for a grandmother, so they probably <laughs> learned more than some people today. That's important. I, I, I suppose it is. Yeah. But, um, that's, uh, and all my children worked in the summers, and they babysat. And mm-hmm. Good. That's, that's really good. Uh, those are important lessons to see that parents... And grandparents have done that, and, and, and maybe some kids today don't see that, or um, parents are um, have maybe so much money, or they feel that they have to give so much to their kids without them really knowing how to, how to work hard for their money. Yes, because I, I feel that, from my own perspective, that um, I came from a comfortable family. Mm-hmm. I never wanted, and... Um, I was given a good education, but I also learned a good work ethic, mm-hmm. and I think that um, I was a, we were able to pass that on to um, to our children, who also didn't suffer from lack of worldly goods, mm-hmm. but um, appreciated the fact that they had to do things on their own. Sure. Um, so uh, I, I never felt that they felt entitled good and uh, I never felt that we gave them too much but good and you instilled that work ethic which I think yes is, which is important. yes yes well yeah. let's let's talk about your first job Beverly what, what was your first job <laughs> my first job was folding paper serviettes well I guess in in the United States they call them napkins <laughs> okay <laughs> but it, it was the middle of the war and my family had a summer cottage near a, a small um, a summer lodge, and the lodge could not buy folded paper napkins at, during the war. So they would get these big sheets like this, and the owner asked me if I would like to earn 25 cents to fold 500. Oh, really? <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> That was about how many they used a day for this. Wow, so you got a quarter a day. <laughs> so I got a quarter a day. And how, how long did you do that? I did it for a summer. Oh, okay. And uh, I used to rope my grandmother into helping me with the <laughs> fold, fold so I could get through the job fast, oh. faster. Now, you went into the to there, or you did it? No, I would go and pick, pick up the napkins, take them back to our cottage and fold them and then take them back. Great. The, uh, so that that was my first uh, paid employment. Wow. Now, do you just still and fold I napkins was, that same way at home? No. No. <laughs> I don't have to fold. They're all pre-folded fold. yeah. now. Uh, you can go and nitpick other napkins at other restaurants, though, right? Yes. And it's just... So um, that that was my first um, paid employment. And what did you do with that money? I probably just spent it. <laughs> you know, in those days, it, 25 cents, you could buy it. Um, an ice cream cone, a chocolate bar, a Coca-Cola, it all cost five cents. Wow, yeah. Um, so 25 cents was a bonanza. That went a long way for a kid, that, 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 yes. that wow. Yes, What about I you, know Matt? I didn't save any of it. <laughs> that was your spending money, that was That's your fun right. money. Well, let's start first. I want to tell, what I said about they spend too, or they spend too much money to kids, to some, I meant kids that are earning the big money. Talk about mm-hmm. these actors, actresses, mm-hmm. and so on. There are plenty of good kids like our children and mine. Absolutely, there are a lot of kids that uh, that definitely learn that, but there are right. some that don't too. There are a lot my, that don't. My, my oldest daughter uh, is uh, incapacitated. She's 
physically challenged. Mm -hmm. She, we discovered, we, we just defined it as, as rheumatoid arthritis mm -hmm. when she was about three years old. Oh my gosh, wow. And, uh, that's that, very that, young. That's an adult disease. Yeah. Well, anyway, till we found out what it was, uh, they didn't know how to treat it. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. They didn't know how to treat it medically, so they gave her tons of uh, cortisone. Mm. And that ruined her whole body. Yeah, that does some she damage. She bent like a little pretzel, and she didn't grow. And, uh, well, anyway, she finished high school and went to college, local college. And we had some friends that were uh, uh, clinical psychologists. Mm. They were personal friends. And we were there. She came to visit us, went there. And they said, Karen, why don't you go to school, go back to school and get a master's degree and you could get a, become a social worker, hmm. at least have some, which she did. And she's working for United Cerebral Palsy for almost 15 years now. Wow. And she loves her job because she speaks, reads and writes Spanish fluently. Wow. And she does all this Spanish intake. Wow. And she comes to visit me every so often. And when she goes home, I take a rest. <laughs> but uh, I'm glad to see her. Good. Young woman. That's yeah, great. She's really great. And she comes here by herself and everything. Anyway, the other one, when she was 16, she comes to me, she says, Dad, could you get me a job in the supermarket? We had a local supermarket there called, uh, I forgot what it was, Wallbounds, I think it was. Mm. So I said, I'll, I'll ask Jerry. I knew the manager. So I went, I spoke to him. He says, I'd like to get her a job, but she's only 16. So... And that was too young. You got to be 17 to work the deli department, oh, the okay. slicing machine. Mm -hmm. So my daughter was smart enough to say, well, tell them I won't work in the deli. I'll work everywhere else. Which is, oh, that's all right. <laughs> she thought of it. I didn't. Yeah. So she got the job at 16, and she never stopped working since. Wow. Never. Never asked for any help for money. Nothing. In fact, the other one... Asked my wife and I in the car one time, Dad, Mom, do you need any money? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I got a kick out of yeah, that. Yeah, we have some, well, instilled anyway, some great worth ethics in your children. She, was, uh, she worked uh, many years on Wall Street, my daughter, wow. and she's very, very math knowledgeable, and she has her own little business now, wow. a bookkeeping business. Wow. She won't take on any new help, uh, any new clients, because she can't handle it all. That busy. Who do you think helps her now? You. Yeah, right. <laughs> My grandson. Wow. Her son. That's she great. She pays him. And she, he says, he's the best worker I ever had. He's good in math. So that's the story with them. Sure. All right. What was your first job? My very first job was after school. And I got the job because my father knew the owner. It was at a factory, mm. a sweater factory. My job was to oil the sewing machines that had place with oil and everything. Sweep up and oil hmm. and, and he gave me a dollar fifty an hour. Wow. So I made a couple of bucks. But I needed I was sixteen and I knew about girls. <laughs> and that's so, where all the money went. What do you think? <laughs> it was a good good thing. It was a nice experience and everything. And from there I finished high school and uh, a short period after that I went into the Air Force. Hmm. And I was there for about 13 months, and they offered me an early discharge. They didn't need any older men mm. to, if I would go into the reserves for several years, which I did. And I found that interesting because I met a lot of nice people there. Met a lot of pilots. Well, everybody interested in the uh, aircraft, it was very interesting. Well, anyway, I did that. Now, when I came out, I got a job with a beverage company. It was interesting, and it was hard work, but I made a lot of money. Hmm. What were you doing? I was a manager, a, a sales manager. How do you say it? Go after the job, go see if they're to get the stuff right, and all so on and so forth. Yeah. It was a good job, nice That's job. But then I saw people dealing with beverages on a side, and in New York there was a thing, they used to deliver seltzer. You know what that is? Mm -hmm. uh, sure, yeah. yeah. So I sort of had routes. So I bought a route, and I had a guy working with me. And I was doing all right. And then I took a partner in. Big mistake. Mm. That was the end of that business. Oh, no. 
That, that's one of those cash business. That's what yeah. happens. Yeah. So anyway, after that, I looked around and everything, and I got a job <clears throat> with the state. There was an opening f- for a, a corrections officer. Hmm. No, re- no requirements necessary. Little education, so and so. So I got that job. It was great. These were kids that were on narcotics, oh. drug dealers, and whatever, young kids, and it was a rehab place. Hmm. It was a big, big, big facility. That facility today is a movie production company there. Really? It was a big spread, a lot of land. Huh. And that, they film I movies should, there and yeah, prison movies? I should have stayed there. I could have been in a movie. Right. Uh, <laughs> instead of a podcast. Right. <laughs> no, no reflection. No, no. Well, anyway, that lasted a while, and then I got laid off because it was a cutback in the state budget. Mm. Yeah. Around. Then I met a friend of mine. We, we lived in Staten Island at the time. Mm. We moved out of Brooklyn, out of New York. And uh, he, saw, he said, how you doing? So uh, they went out of business, blah, 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 blah. He said, why don't you come to my office tomorrow? Maybe I can fix you up with something. He's the borough president. So I went to see my friend, and I led the last 15 years of my life. I worked for the city of New York. Wow. And I had a great job, and I loved every minute of it. That's great. Yeah, it was a good job. And that's where you retired from? Yes. Great. Excellent. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, Beverly, I want to know, so you went to university in Toronto. Yes. And what was your degree? I didn't finish. Oh, you didn't finish. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't finish. I got married instead. Um, I'm gonna put this towards so, I I had a variety of of jobs. I I had learned how to type and take shorthand, which was very important if you were a woman mm. to get a job that you could type. And um, so I had a I had a variety of jobs, and then I had children, and I stayed home, and uh, I did a lot of volunteer work as they were growing up, and then. Um, when my youngest was 11, um, I started a business with a friend, a woman's dress shop, mm. and we had that for 15 years, and uh, I sold it and retired. Wow. And uh, so that's... Oh, sorry. That was my career. That's a good career. Mm-hmm. And and um, was that in, was your dress shop, what would you, what were you doing in the dress shop? Making dresses or No, no, we were just selling them. We, selling, would, oh, I we see. would buy the buy from the wholesaler and sell. Um, so we had a store, it was about a thousand square feet and um, in a good, on a streetscape neighborhood. So it was yeah, it was it was fun and and we made a little money. <laughs> sure. And did you sell it for for a profit or did it you? Just yes, close we it did. Uh, we did sell it, uh, not for a huge profit because you're not you don't really have much to sell other than goodwill. Um, mm. But um, no, we did find a find a buyer, and we didn't own the building. That was uh, uh, one of which was too unfortunate. Yeah. Well, good. That's exciting. Um, let's see. Is it, let's see if anybody else has any questions. So everybody in Andara says hello. <laughs> so give everybody a wave. Hi, Andara. <laughs> How many people watching? Oh, we have we have six watching live right now. Oh, but Jill, do you know how many are are there watching? In About ten. Ten. So 10 people of your friends at Endar are watching live from there. So hello, everybody. Shows you how popular we are. That's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> right. Very popular. Uh, I can tell you guys both run the show there, I think. Yeah, sure. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a show. It is a show. Yeah. Well, James says he loves hearing these stories. And uh, hi, Mike. Mike is watching, too. Not me, but a different Mike. Um, so if anybody is just joining us live, if you have questions for Max and Beverly, we're just talking about their experiences with personal finance uh, over the years. Uh, any differences that they see nowadays compared to when they were younger and growing up with children. Um, but my next question, um, I'll start with Max. What, generally, when you were growing up, um, did you pay with cash or did you ever use credit at all? They didn't have credit cards then. Didn't have credit cards. No. No. Not never. until the 80s. And, and first of all... Uh, no, 70s. 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 Okay. The safety yeah. was cash in those days. Sure. Nobody bothered you. Nobody Check. cared. Oh, it's, it's okay. Checks are cash. Checks are cash. Let's do this. Let's try if we can, we can talk like this, just like in a normal microphone.
just pass it back. Can I sing? You can. Can you? That's no. the question. No. Okay. <laughs> I, I just wanted to go go back a little bit to, about my wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't mention my wife. Yeah, please. And we were married. Just going to be fe- February. She died February twelfth, eleven forty five. Fifteen. Mm. In my arms. Mm. Very sad. Hard. I miss her terribly. Yeah. She was the brains of the outfit. Sorry. Behind every great man, there's a woman. There's a greater woman, <laughs> a stronger woman, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to bring out a point. My wife was the money manager. Mm. She was so good in math, and she was so good looking at what to buy, what not to buy. And we did very well in the stock market. Right. Very nice. I wouldn't be able to live where I am now if it wasn't for her. So I got to give her the credit. Absolutely. And she took care of everything. Took care of everything. I didn't even know about what she was taking care of. She did such a good job. Wow. She she was one in a million. And I miss her That's terrible. amazing. Yes, yeah. I bet you. Really. She sounds like an amazing woman. She was an amazing yeah. woman. When and a great mother. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so good to hear. Yeah. When when if you don't mind me asking, when when you lost her, did you feel that? Um, you had a, a big uh, step ahead of you with dealing with your personal finances? No. No? Okay. No. Because my daughter takes care of everything for me. I see. And she does a wonderful job. I uh, Believe me, she keeps me in line. That's great. Believe so you have me. some great support in your, in your children? Very, very much so. Very much. That's great. It's, you know, I, I met her children. She got the nicest children you ever saw. They are so, I love, especially the one from Australia. I love the way he speaks. <laughs> Does he have an Australian accent too? A little bit? What is it? Me? No, your son. That oh, lives yes, in a, yes. Does he really? Yes. He's been there oh, that he's long. He's married to an Australian. Uh, he's been living there for 17 years. So. Your, your grandson, the one I met, has he got a twin brother? Yes. Oh, yes. he's the twin? Yes. Oh. Yes. They live in Japan. Yeah. Wow. That's they great. They are great kids, let me tell you. What else would you like to know? Well, let's. So, um, both you both used cash until seventies or eighties when they started using credit cards. Oh, uh, or did you ever yeah. use a credit card? I use now. Okay, you, you need some money. Sure. Oh. <laughs> Here, pass that over to Beverly for me, please. Oh, sorry. That's okay. That's, we're used to it now. Until the advent of of uh, credit cards, most stores had charge accounts. Uh-huh. So if you dealt at Macy's or Dillard's or yeah, right. in Canada, S- Simpsons or Eaton's, whatever, um, you would have a charge account at that store and then, of course, receive a bill a month on a uh-huh. monthly basis. Yeah, that's right. Um, and do they have a, a card that you would, to show yes, them? Yes, you, you yes. have like a membership yes. card at, or a charge at, card? At first, you just knew it off by heart, but I can still remember my mother's Charge account number two two nine six at at one particular <laughs> department store. Wow. I couldn't tell you what my telephone number is, <laughs> but I can still remember that. I think, I think that's how the credit card business <laughs> came into being. They copied it from the credit cards of the store. Pa- quite possibly. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it I was also <laughs> became a big money maker for the banks. Yeah, it so, is. That's how they make a lot of money. Um, sure. But, but I everything can't, was. I can't imagine today living without a credit card. Yeah, and it's safer. It's very safer, yeah, and more convenient. And yeah. I had uh, I had identity theft once. Thank you. I had uh, identity theft once. It goes back quite a while before it became so predominant. Really. And uh, it was from Macy's. Hmm. I went to buy something for my daughter in, in Macy's for a gift for a birthday, and they wouldn't accept the card. Hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Found out that it was, it was uh, tampered with. They had by Andy. The guy lived in a bad neighborhood. He was director of a big hospital. What? When I went there to investigate myself, it was an empty lot. So you know it was stolen. Yeah. So. Uh, Do you know how they got your information? Was it through the internet or was it? <laughs> it they there was no, there was little internet. At no that internet. Time. Very huh. little. Interesting. But, uh, it was, it, what a, they spent it on jewelry, liquor, and whatever else. Wow. And I didn't have to pay for it. Oh, good. I was going to ask. It's a credit card. 
So I got, I ended up paying $50. I paid it off the last one. They gave it to a uh, collection agency. I felt violated. Sure. So anyway, I paid that, and it was $50 left. I said, let's pay it and get rid of them. Mm. And that's what we did. I see. And that's it. We have quite a few stories. Yeah. That's right, a very. Beverly? <laughs> that's when. He, have you, Beverly? Have you had your identity stolen or your credit card um, stolen like that? We had our credit card compromised once, hmm. um, and um, I just phoned up the credit card company, and they sent me a list of the purchases, and I said, told them which ones were mine, and then they erased huh. the. Um, but I think what had happened was that um, my husband's wallet had been stolen. Uh-huh. And so um, he discovered it quite quickly. But in the, in the hour or so, um, the person that stole it did a fair bit of damage. Wow. That's all it took, huh? Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And, and did he, he realize it because they wouldn't accept his card somewhere? No, he... he oh. um, Someone had come into his office and stolen his oh, wallet, and he noticed wow. that it was oh, really? miss, missing, hmm. yes. And was that guy ever caught, do you know? No. No? No. No. Man. And the interesting thing was one of the things that he had purchased was uh, a diamond engagement ring. <laughs> and we, we discovered that because we received the um, uh, appraisal because, of course... When he bought it, he had to give an address, and he was smart enough to have memorized our address no so way. that we received the um, the uh, appraisal notice. Huh? It was sort of it was interesting, and that of course came a few months, sure. a few weeks after. Wow. Uh, and was this in Canada, or was this here? in Canada? In Canada. Okay. Yes. that's a funny yes. feeling when that happened. Yeah, yes. it's you do feel very violated. It's just like when somebody. Robs your house or yes. breaks yeah. into your car. It's very violating. Yes. I had an incident this past Sunday. I was in Walmart. again a few things. And I was online. I was waiting for this woman. For, what happened is she forgot to tell the clerk that she had a bag of dog food underneath mm. the wagon. So the clerk saw it and ran after her. In the meantime, she came back, signed, signed for the thing, and then went away. And I'm sitting there, and the clerk says to me, oh, you can take your card out now. I look, I didn't put my card in. The woman left her card in the machine and oh. left her wallet there. Oh, my gosh. I couldn't run very fast, <laughs> but I gave it back to her. Good. She, she wanted to marry me after that. <laughs> <laughs> but I felt good doing it. That's good. That's a good feeling, yeah. isn't it? It is a good feeling. Anything that you do good for somebody is a good feeling. Absolutely. Especially when it could be... You know, that could be really bad for them if they, she lost her credit card and somebody stole it. And, Who knows? And, how much yeah, she's got absolutely. Nobody knows. Nobody knows somebody else's troubles. Absolutely not. Let's see. We have a couple questions. Um, Rebecca uh, asked, if you know or remember growing up how much uh, homeowner's insurance someone you used to carry. Do you ever, did you ever have homeowner's insurance? Yes. 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 It wasn't that expensive. It wasn't that expensive at that time. No. Um, it, it still isn't that expensive. No, not really. Uh, yeah, it's not really that expensive. I have, I have it on uh, on the contents of my apartment, and it's mm-hmm. it's quite minimal. Yeah. Cost. When, I, when I had my house, I took pictures of everything and everything. I never had a problem, though. Yeah. Yeah. We had... Um, it's always something you should have. Oh, um, yes, definitely. And even, especially, rent. do you use renter's insurance? Is that what they could use? Is it that? Uh, yes. It's yes. renter's, not, not actual it's homeowners. So, actually, you're insuring the contents of your apartment because mm-hmm. presumably Andera has insurance that covers okay. that. Andera has insurance that covers the building. So, yeah. as a resident, you only need to be insuring the contents of your apartment. Your belongings and such. And... Uh, also, you should have liability insurance in case somebody comes into your apartment and trips over your throw rugs or whatever. <laughs> sure. whatever. Oh, it's very um, important. Yeah, very it could happen, right? Oh, it happens. Yeah. And people are so, so crazy today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really crazy. Yeah. Did, did you uh, have any problems when we had some problem there in Andero? No. Yeah, you were lucky. I was lucky, too. 
You want to talk about that just for a quick second? There was... We had a little problem in our where we lived. It, it was solved right away. It was, oh, good. It was taken care of. Good. It was something that shouldn't have happened, but it happened, and everybody got over it. Good. A little frightening for elderly people. Sure. Me. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that kind of stuff happens, right? So but it happens they, anywhere. Yeah. And it everywhere. It does. And I blame um, I blame all the troubles we have with crime to the drugs. Yeah. It's a serious thing. Very bad. I blame Jill. I never, I, blame, I never blame Jill for anything. You're her brother. You yeah, have to. I do. Yeah, yeah. Everything is always about. You hear Jill. that, Jill? <laughs> if I were you, I'd ask for a divorce. <laughs> um, I think. Um, you could read that. I can, almost. I had I had eye surgery, so I can see out of this uh, one. Figures. He cheats. Um. Well. Uh, what was something you purchased? Beverly, we'll start with you. Um, something you purchased that was money well spent and something that in hindsight was very frivolous. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I guess probably the, the most frivolous purchase that uh, we ever made was to buy land. We were living in Montreal. We bought land in Vermont and built a house. And so then we had two houses and... Uh, Two houses, two children, lots of education ahead of us, expenses ahead of us, and that was probably not a very wise move, but we had 20 years of enjoyment okay. of the property and um, lots of good memories, so. Good. Do you think that you used it enough to justify buying it? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, yes. We, years. we definitely did. Yeah. The last few years we had moved to, we had relocated from Montreal to Toronto, so we didn't use it as much, but I still spent most of the summer there with the children. So oh, good. It was... Uh, good. So that w you would say that was frivolous a little bit? It was probably um, fiscally irresponsible <laughs> at the okay. time. Okay. But, uh, it worked out um, good. fine. What is something that was money well spent that you purchased? Educating my children. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. My mother always said, um, "My children are my investments, and my grandchildren are my dividends." And I, I, oh, that's right. I gave her good dividends. I love that. That's such a great saying. Can I steal that? Yes. Okay. Thank yes, you. Yes. <laughs> well, I think that's great. That is that good. Well, Max, what was something that was well spent that you purchased? Every my, my uh, the license for get married. Yeah, you, you, uh, yeah, your marriage license. How much was that? About a dollar and a quarter. <laughs> wow. That's great. We, we, we went together for, for six months. And you knew right away? She reminded me of my mother. Oh, dear. And she reminded me how well she cooked. Mm. She invited me for dinner one week, one time. And after that, yeah, I'm hooked. <laughs> and how long were you married? 58 years. 58 years. This, this February. This was, this was about 58. Wow. What was something frivolous that you spent money on? Well, we, we, we had a good time together. We had vacations and this and that. But the best vacation we had was when we went to Las Vegas. Mm. We, had, we had fun there. When was that? Every year. Oh, really? You went every year? That was your vacation? Well, we went to the same place uh, all the time. And we got a lot of goodies and everything. It was a, we had friends there that lived there. So we had a nice time. It was a nice vacation for us. That's great. Yeah, and cool. um, were you there during the heyday? You see well, big stars there? Yeah, but it wasn't as, not like when the gangsters owned it. Okay. It was like more corporate. I see. That. But uh, still, we had a good time no matter what. Sure. So it was fun. It was fun. You don't think that trips like that were frivolous, or were they, did they get a little Well, bit... I, my, my wife said to me, you know, Max, it's time we took a vacation. She says, okay, well, how much money do we have to take out of the bank? She says, nothing. I got a little bunk here on the bank. We're separate side. And she had the $5,000 ready. Oh! <laughs> Sneaky! That's good. She was a good wife. That's good. She was very good. What is... Um, Max, since you have the microphone, we'll start with you, but what is... Um, one over the, as, as from when you're young to now what is the one personal financial lesson that you feel has impacted you the most uh, a good or bad good good a good listening to my wife okay 
Taking advice. Yeah. Taking advice from somebody that knows. Well, off, off the record, I'll tell you why. Okay, okay. Well, okay. Beverly, what's the, the financial, um, what did I say, lesson you feel that has impacted you the most? I guess the the le- the lesson of ha- having a bank account and putting money into it on a regular basis, yeah. no matter whether it's a dollar a month or a hundred dollars okay. a month, um, I think that that's probably so saving. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I'm be- I'm being told. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm being told that we'll put it back in here that you're sounding okay and that we'll uh, have a little feedback when we pass it back. So okay. Okay. Um, yeah, savings is very important. Do you um, did you have emergency savings when you were? Oh, do you still have emergency savings? And did you before? No. No. Okay. No, which is probably everything I read today. I realize that we should yeah. have, but we were not very good at it, and probably because. Um, we were always able to borrow money if we needed to. Mm. I used to say to my husband, you just walk into the manager's office and he automatically lends you money. And maybe that isn't such a good idea. <laughs> <I know. Yeah. laughs> but um, anyway, we survived. Sure. So if you had an emergency, I don't know what, what, what you'd consider emergency, but you could go to the bank and get a, yes, get a loan yes, pretty easily? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, um, but I, I realize that's probably not the best way of running your financial yeah. life. But I mean, it worked back then, but nowadays especially that's very hard to come by. Yes. Um, and having, you know, the way we tell people to do it is have those emergencies saved for um, and allocated to eat to different accounts rather than having one big lump sum saved up. Yes. That um, you, you, you save and you have an account for vacations, but also for when you have need a home repair or a car repair. Yes. Um, so that's I how. Think that's very good advice. That's good. That, good. that was my wife. That was her. Did you have a, have emergencies that you saved for like that? Do you have a savings account for emergencies? Uh, we did because it came out of the same place. Okay. There was enough there for that. So, but the only thing, you, you know the saying, shoulda, coulda, woulda? Yeah. I should have had it, like she said, she didn't have the emergency fund put away. I, I do now. You do now. Yeah. Good. Yes. But that, that was too late for me. Sure. No, you can have some emergency. You can have some saved up. All right. Give me a name. I'll put on a thing for you. <laughs> um, but that's, that, you think that's an important lesson, that yeah. to have savings for when you need it? Yes. But, yeah? Yes. Good. Um, are there any, uh, Max, is there a, a financial mistake that you've made that you think that younger people can learn from? Well, yes. Put more money... Every week from your salary or every two weeks from your salary, and each time you have a little extra, contribute to that. Okay. Because you'd be surprised in five years how much that grows. Sure. Uh, that's, that's from reading too much. Yeah. yeah. Seven, where every column I read, I, I tell you that. To save for retirement. Right. For Especially the interest isn't that great anymore. So you've got to find the right vehicle, where to put it, and what to do. But it's a very important thing every pay period to put a certain amount away. Absolutely. And a long time. That's good. That's good advice. Yeah. Beverly, any advice? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel that I've necessarily done um, things the, the way they should have been done. So I would be... Uh, um, I think Max is right. I think if you're disciplined enough, you should put something aside every paycheck. But Unfortunately, most of us aren't that disciplined. You, you know why? Because most people live day to day. They mm-hmm. live week to week, paycheck to paycheck. It's not like it was when we were younger. You know, you, you made $100 a week. You had $80 you could use. Yeah. It's not that way anymore. Right. Maybe 50% of that $100 comes out. Sure. Or more. And the more you make, the more you have to pay taxes. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's the way, this is what we live in today. This is the world we live in. True. It's and a lot more expensive. Our government spends it. So we don't, we should not be in the Middle East with all these troops, these poor kids dying, 
for no reason at all. There's a reason, but not for not, not my eyes. If you're paying taxes, you're doing well, Max. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> it's a privilege. You want to yell? That is a privilege, because that's what keeps the country going. True. Without yeah. that, we have nothing. Yeah. Well, really on t- nothing. And on top of the taxes, people nowadays have have all these extra expenses, uh, and money doesn't go as far as it used to. Yeah. Right. Like I told you about my mother, she was able to make a dollar go for five. I don't know how she did it, and she cooked and she baked and she did. She was a marvelous. Woman. Yeah, you can't get a, a Coca Cola for a dollar nowadays. Uh, <laughs> I have to tell you a story about my father. Can I tell a little story? He had a storefront. If I because say he was no, a, what do you? Mean? <laughs> <laughs> Where he had a business there. It, most uh, cleaning, clothes cleaning establishments always had to have a tailor that did fur work. Hmm. But that went out with the wind. He was a furrier, that was his trade, huh. that's what he did in Europe. And he was pretty good at it too. And there was a cop on a beat. In those days, the cops used to walk a beat. Yeah. No cars, it was, mm-hmm. and then the cops knew everybody. For some reason, this cop had a dislike for my dad. Hmm. And he was a gentle little old man. He reminded me of myself. <laughs> and one day he comes into my father's store and he says, Mr. P, you have to do me a favor right away. I tore my pants and you have to sew them up for me. He says, well, take your pants off. He says, no, you gotta do it while I get I gotta call, I gotta go away. So my father said, I'll get even with this guy. Oh. He sewed his pants to his underwear. Oh no. <laughs> I feel sorry for him if he had to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. When, do you remember, do you know what year that would have been? It was in the 40s. Okay. Maybe late 40s. Hmm. Early 40s. Early 40s. Okay. Something like that. Okay. Um, any other questions live? Let's, uh... oh, uh, James has another great question. Um, Max, did you enjoy life experiences, vacations, and spending in your younger years, and how did you balance enjoying these opportunities while saving for your retirement in later years? So did you, did you when you were younger, did you think that you were going to be saving? I didn't follow my own advice. <laughs> okay. Simple as that. Simple as that. There we because go. Because when you're under 30 and you're having a good time, who thinks about saving money? Right. Because I'll be 30 forever. Yeah. I thought... That, that word retirement was never in your mind, right? Not at all. No. But I did have some money. Okay. I mean, I didn't leave myself broke. Like you said, what if your car went down or something? Mm-hmm. I always had that. I always had four or $500 put aside. I didn't even touch ever. Good. But that's the reason, because when you're at that age, I'm sure that you all are the same today. Very rare. Who was the one you told you they saved the young girl? Was it your family? That saved her money, she was going to school. She saved her tuition. She earned it. Well, it was your, whatever, you know, whatever. See, now it's a very important thing that the young people do that. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you don't know what your parents have. I, I'm not going to go ask them. Right. It's none of my business. But uh, if they learn something, a little something from this, they'll come out ahead. Absolutely. Really come out ahead. Yeah. And you want to know something? I do. If you don't have any money, when you get older, you're in deep trouble. Where are you going to live? What are you going to do? Yeah. And, uh, you know, especially nowadays, they don't know if Social Security is going to be around, even in... Is it that hard? Yeah, that'll be around. They'll never go out. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Well, they'll take my salary, which is very little. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think like that. You make me nervous. <laughs> I won't be able to pay my rent. Yeah. Well, for, for me, it may not be around. For you, it's going to be around. May I ask, how old are you? I'm 36. Jesus, you could have been my grandson. <laughs> if I were only so lucky. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Anyway, you're a very nice person. Well, thank you. And you've got a nice family, really. Thank you. If ever you want to give up your wife, let me know. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Jill. <laughs> Uh, Beverly, what do you think? Let's pass this or point this towards you. A bit <laughs> do you want to repeat the question? No, what was the question? Um, <laughs> did you, what did James say? Um, did you enjoy your experiences and vacations? Did you enjoy yourself when you were younger with, with retirement in mind? Or did you not think about that until later? I, um, I don't think we thought about retirement as a, a 
when we decided on a vacation. I think the vacation was number one in our minds. And um, sometimes I think we took trips that we probably shouldn't have taken. But in retrospect, I'm glad we did. Yeah, um, sure. So that's... Uh, I saw a lot of the world, and I'm very grateful for that. Sure. But eventually, once you and your husband got into working more, you started to think about more retirement and saving for retirement? Uh, or no? I don't. <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I don't think we really did um, consciously. Sure. But, um, you know, we contributed certainly to... Uh, uh, pension plans so you hope it all works out sure and you're doing well now you're able to live at Endara right yes, so that's yes. that's good yes um let's see any other questions here no that answered James's um when you were Beverly when you were kind of getting back to retirement when you were close to retirement did you feel that you were prepared for it Well, I know that when um, my husband retired that um, both husbands, they didn't really stop working. They just worked in different, in different ways, in, in smaller ways, mm. uh, either consulting or uh, whatever. So I think um, that that's... To just quit cold turkey from from your working career is very difficult, particularly yeah. for a man. Um, so I was lucky in the sense that they both had other things that kept them busy. As I used to, my mother-in-law used to say, "For better or worse, but not for lunch." <laughs> uh, <so. laughs> I like that. That's great. So they 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 wanted to keep working just to stay active and yes and yes keep, that's because yes. that transition I'm sure from working your whole life to not working at all it's probably tough for them but yes. tough for you yes yes that's yeah. right yeah. and Peter basically had stopped a a year before he died but up until then he'd always had some sort of business going mm. um, and uh, for which I was grateful. Sure. Because it kept him busy. and Yeah, and his mind working and active. Yes, yes. Max, do you think you were ready for, once you got close to retirement age, do you feel you were ready to retire? Yeah, my wife was retired already. Okay. And I I got to the age, 65, so I said, you want to know something? What am I, who am I kidding? You know, you don't live forever. I'm lucky I'm here now. And I uh, put in my papers, and I retired. <laughs> Luckily, I had a nice little pension. Okay. And uh, I did all right. Thanks to my wife. We put the money in the right place at the right time. Good. And you were confident when you were getting you retired oh, that you were going to do okay? My daughter, uh, thank God I got her. She came to me and says, look, I went over your finances. I went to your expenses and she gave me a printout. Mm. I said, this is what you got. You could live for a nice couple of years without worry. So I said, great. Now I get an allowance, <laughs> and she gives me a printout every month when she pays the check. Good. And I'm very happy. That's great. And I'm grateful I got her. That's great. Right. And that's, you both brought up pensions, which is very different because not, not many jobs nowadays have, no, have pensions. No, have to make your own. I, I don't have a pension. Oh, you didn't? But did no. your husband no didn't either? No. It, okay. No. Um, my, my first husband had, had a, a pension, but it died with him. Mm. So I see. I, that um, and Peter was always self-employed. So I see. Um, no, we prepared for our retirement on our own. I see. Basically, yeah. But then that was um, for your generation. Most did most jobs have pensions that you? Yeah, yeah. Not not really. Not really. No. Not, not, is that uh, no. was that more American or Canadian? Uh, or was well, certainly if you were worked in the public sector, there were always pensions. If you were a teacher, there was always a pension. Okay. But for a lot of private business, uh, I remember my father uh, worked in the fire and casualty insurance business. And it was only uh, just prior to his death in the 50s that they put in a pension plan in his company. So it wasn't necessarily a, a, con uh, 
a given that you would mm. work for a company that had a pension plan. Now, right now, my my son in Toronto works for an insurance company that um, does what they call defined benefit pension plans and um, defined contribution plans. And defined benefit plans are very rare now. Most companies mm. now don't do not provide, right. but a lot of them do provide defined contribution plans. So the company puts in so much and the and the employee puts in so much. Yeah. Um, but that seems to be the more common way of of, of doing it. Yeah. Uh, the companies match. But some I think everybody has to consider that they're master of their own destiny, not count on somebody else looking after it. Absolutely. Absolutely. My wife had a pension. Really? Yeah. She worked for a big container ship shipping container. You know, there was a movie out, uh, the Maersk Line. That's the company she worked oh, for. Oh, the, she, um, she the, the pirates. She, yeah, she knew the pilot, the uh, captain of the ship. Really? Yeah. Huh. It's quite a story. She, yeah. she did ice. She had a nice pension. That's great. Okay, good. Yeah, I don't think pensions, I think pensions are a way of the past now, but... Oh, but uh, the companies, they know they don't have to give it now. Mm-hmm. And the way the finances are today, they're not going to give away anything. Right. Yep. Yep. They're thinking of the past. Yep, definitely. Well, that was a good question. Good, it was a good question. Um, I think I have one more. Um, we asked that one, actually. That was my final question that James asked. Thanks, James. <laughs> um, uh, so, um, let's see. So I think this is a great final question before we sign off here, but... In general, uh, Beverly, what are uh, what is different about personal finance today compared to when you were younger? Is there anything different that you can see that your maybe your children or your grandchildren have to deal with that you didn't? Um, that's a good question. Uh, no, I I think I think they're maybe even more aware of the fact that they're in control of the that they have to be in control. Um, when I look at at my three children, um, one of them will not receive a pension from her company. One of them will, but people that were hired a few years after him do not have that now. So mm-hmm. it just shows the difference in corporations and the way they handle things like that. And um, one of them who lives in Australia, they have a whole different system there where you contribute on your own to, um, it's not done by your company. You, so again, you're master of your own fate. Sure. So okay. It's, um, it's interesting. Yeah, a little different, yeah. Max, anything that you can think of? Uh, well, See, the the money structure is so different today than when it was when we were working younger. And uh, What's the biggest difference that, that you think? Is there one big difference you see? The value of the money. Mm. It don't, it's not the same. Yeah, it doesn't go as far? No, not mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, Beverly is right. They don't give you the pensions anymore. And in fact, I find that I was lucky. My wife was lucky, so it gave us a lot of money. And... Uh, other than I feel sorry. The, the kids don't listen to what you offer them. They're going to be in deep trouble. Yeah. I'm telling you. They can't just keep going to the rock concerts. They can't go drinking every night. Mm-hmm. They better put something aside because it's going to happen. I'm sorry I didn't do that also mm-hmm. more than what I did. Yeah. So I think the, that's true of all generations. Yes. Uh, I think it's quite common for people of our generation and the generations ahead of us to say all young people are going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think that they're going to be any less smart than we were. Um, no. They'll find their some, own salvation. Some, some of them are a lot smarter. Maybe yeah. they will be, yeah. yes. Well, and, and today, information is way easier to get with the Internet and everybody has their computer in their hand because it's their yes. phone nowadays. Yes. Um, but but do people do people today take that advice? And I think that's what that's what you'd have to know. Yeah, which is hard. So, but I think a lot of people can learn from your experiences that 
um, you know, you have to save, you have to be prepared. And it's always in hindsight is 2020, right? So mm-hmm. um, if people can learn that it's from, from you, what we, what we know is true, probably going to be true, but we just have to hear it more and more and more. I think that's super important. So thank you guys yes. for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, it was our pleasure. I just want to tell you, talking about children and grandchildren, my grandson, we asked him what he wants to be. He wants to be in the medic, medical field, but he wants to be in research. Mm. And he's a very bright kid. And how old is he? 14. 14, and he knows already, huh? And he's about 7 foot 11. Boy. <laughs> Wow. I don't want to stand next to him. I don't want to stand next to you. Yeah, that's not saying much, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, the families, we wonderful families, and that's what it counts. At least we're proud of our kids. Absolutely. And that's the end of it. And I'm very lucky to have what I have, and so is Beverly. Great. Well, thank you, Max and Beverly, for being here, and for Andara for, for, uh, for joining us. Um, thank you, Michael. Sure. This was a pleasure. Great. Thank you. It's been great talking with you. I, th- I hope everybody learned so much. I know I have. Um, but for those of you who want to know more um, and and that are listening to uh, the podcast, we do have a Facebook group called the Saver and the Spender Ultimate Financial Plan Group. You can join. It's free. You just have to ask to join. And um, we just we have uh, group talks and questions and tips and People ask questions and we give them answers. So it's a great community to join. Um, so you can just find us on Facebook. It's the Saver and the Spender Ultimate Financial Power Plan group. Uh, also, on October 14th, we're having two virtual workshops uh, that you can find scheduled on our Facebook page right here, October 14th. Uh, the first one is just in, for general people, individuals, and couples that uh, want to know our specific DIY approach to budgeting and saving. Um, and so you'll learn that all online through a virtual webinar. And then the second one, it's the same date, October 14th, and you can find this, the event on our Facebook page, is actually for small business owners. So we take our budgeting system and incorporate it for small business owners to teach them how to separate their personal from the business finances. So it's a great two workshops. Uh, you can find those events right on our Facebook page, and that's October 14th. So uh, check that out and share that with your friends and family that might be interested. But... Uh, Overall, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, thank pleasure. you, thank you, uh, listeners and everybody listening. Um, we've said before that we have some listeners in Australia and Japan and all over the world. So they can get it. Yeah, so maybe Beverly's uh, children are listening too. Uh, <laughs> uh, but thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to The Saver and The Spender. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll pass along our web address, www.fiscalfitnessaz.com, to your family, friends, and colleagues. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at IamFiscallyFit, and on Facebook at FiscalFitnessPHX. Join us next time for another edition of The Saver and The Spender.